I'm just starting recording. Let's see. All right, well, we're going to give this a whirl. <clears throat> this is um, Lansdowne Bound. We uh, have a podcast here today. Uh, it's March 18th. It's, my name is Jim Delfino. I've got Tom McCarthy on the call. Um, Tom, as everybody knows, calls into 98.5 quite frequently uh, and rip, lets it rip. Um, so we got a couple things to talk about today. Uh, Tom, how you doing? I'm doing good, Jim. How you doing? I can't complain. Uh, I'd like it to be a little bit warmer. I'll be heading down to Florida. Uh, by the end of the week, and I'll be checking out a spring training game with the Sox on Sunday. Sweet. So I'm looking forward to that. I've got my tickets for the flight for about a, a month now, and I've got the game tickets for about a month now. So I know where to sit and where not to sit so I don't get baked. <laughs> nice, and get the hell out of here for a while. <clears throat> That's part of it. I, I, I need a change of scenery. I can't yeah. stand this. And we've had a mild winter, but it's been it's it's still not warm enough for me. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I know that I'm never going anywhere. I just still piss and moan every winter. So it's like I complain every day working out in it and everything. I hate it. And uh, I know it's coming every year. doesn't stop me from bitching and moaning about it, though. No, no, absolutely not. So I had a couple topics I thought maybe we would chat about today uh, as it relates to, you know, recent Red Sox talk and chatter. Um, the first thing on my mind, I wanted to get your opinion on, uh, Corey Kluber being named the opening day starter. I wanted to get your thoughts, opinions, and you think it's a, a an, an issue, a big deal. It's not, not, not an issue. What's, what's your thoughts on that? I think initially when I heard it, I was like, oh, Jesus, right. He's not going to be ready either is kind of what I thought initially. And, you know, that's just where my mind goes with sale, unfortunately, <clears throat> um, I think I, I I don't mind it. I guess if they're if they're just going to be you know it's a precautionary measure, so be it. I mean the guy is frail, you know, so he's coming back from something. Uh, a lot of people say like it's not a big deal at all because uh, it's going to be his regular pitching route, you know, his pitching schedule or whatever. I thought the uh, Cora explanation was kind of odd like bring out like his birthday and stuff like that it's like please um but you know kluba <clears throat> he could turn to be a very 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 important piece of this thing so he's looked good so far you know through the spring which you know try not to get too crazy about any kind of performance good or bad in the spring i guess uh so i guess i guess having i guess having kluba there uh if sale isn't isn't gonna for whatever reason it can be be it helpful or just you know like i said precaution or whatever uh i'm all right with it not a huge deal um put it this way i've been to many an opening day where there are far worse starters on the mound than Corey kluba so oh, oh yeah you know yeah. what i mean oh sure you know my my thing was it is is that you know Following the Red Sox as long as you and I have, it's one of those things where you just have difficulty trusting what they're telling you as a fan. Yes. Um, and with that being said, and knowing the last three years with Sale, you're, you're kind of just sitting there waiting for this ball to drop of, of some kind of news that's just going to, like, put a pit in your stomach. and Because that's what life is as a Red Sox fan. 
and, you know, notwithstanding the four championships. But, you know, when I heard that and and I look on, you know, the cesspool, which is known as Twitter, you know, you know, they, they start saying, well, it's about his regular scheduled day and so forth. And, you know, my gut reaction was like, all right, well, that makes sense. But I just didn't understand why, you know, Cora or anybody that's associated with the team wouldn't come out and say the same thing. You know, instead, they're sitting there and saying, oh, it's really about, you know, him enjoying opening day as a player and not having any stress. And it's his birthday and all this and that. Why didn't Cora just say, hey, you know, he's on a pitching day and that's not the one for him. That's not his pitching day. I don't know why they just can't seem to be transparent with us. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> like you said, I mean, that, but that, that's gone back forever, getting a straight answer, you know. And I think that now, even more so, because there are so many, in my opinion, anyway, maybe not everyone's, but in my opinion, there's a lot of questions about health to many guys, you know, so it's almost they have to treat everything with kid gloves and not say certain words, you know, or, you know, kind of if, if there isn't a, a, a public opinion in, that leans a certain way, that's not a very positive one. <clears throat> they have to, um, they kind of dance around it, especially injury wise. So, I mean, how many times over the years someone gets hurt, it looks bad. They come out and say, no, you know, he'll be back, you know, three, four weeks. And you're like, I don't think so. And then those three or four weeks come like, oh, he's a setback. Oh, he's going to get a second opinion. Oh, it's never like this happened. This is what what we're going to do. And then they follow through. It's always some dancing around uh, with the lingo where they don't really say much. You know, um, Cora didn't say much. He just said, oh, yeah, you know, want him to enjoy it. What the hell does that mean? Like, honestly, um, you know, not to be stressed out with pitching on opening day, you know, because, like, we, what's the stress? It's just get out and pitch. If you're healthy, get out and pitch. Um, and that's what always makes me think that there's something else going on. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> they need them. They need them big time. Um, so I guess, you know, a straight answer would be nice. But, I mean, those things come few and far between when you're dealing with the Sox, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, and the and the one thing that, you know, I saw on Twitter, too, a lot of people saying, well, you know, you want them to be healthy. It's a 162 season. And my 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 point is, is that what does that have to do with anything, because if he's going to pitch game two versus game one, how does that even implement, you know, affect the entire season as a whole? It made no sense to me. You know, if you're a, if you're a number five starter and you want to give me the argument that, well, it's a long season, you know, during the first month of the year because of off days, typically, you know, you could probably get away without a fifth starter. You know, I buy something like that. But when you start giving me like, oh, he's not pitching game one, he's pitching game two to save him for the season, that that's just an irresponsible answer. Yeah, I mean, maybe they maybe they know Chris Sale. You know, maybe it's him. Maybe he's like, well, that's not my regular schedule, or you know, I'd be pitching this day instead of that day, actually. So 
why can't I, you know, maybe pitch me the following day? And then when Cora came out and said that it was a decision was made in January. I, right. And, I, don't and, and about, I don't know about that, but, um, you know, maybe it's more based on the player that they're talking about. You know, is it something specific to sale where he's just kind of a lunatic in this routine or, and fine. Most, most guys like him, you know, like a start in front of the rotation guy, maybe he isn't that anymore, but when he was, they, they got some quirks, you know? Um, so maybe there's something like that. Maybe if it wasn't sale that was, you know, supposed to go, that there wouldn't be, a, um, you know, having to push him back a day based on his, his uh, pitching schedule. That's just a guess. I don't know. But maybe, yeah. maybe specific to him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's it, anything's possible, right? I mean, I always, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I always like to line up my staff because I know I'm facing other number ones or number twos or whatever with other teams. So, you know, you always want to have, you know, maybe your best starter or your ace, you know, as in the number one slot because you're facing other number ones. And so that's been kind of like, you know, the indoctrination that I've had as a, as a baseball fan in general, that you want to set that up for that. So I, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting thing. We'll see if it even matters. Um, chances are it probably won't, but you know, it's just an interesting thing to see, you know, here we go again. Is there anything to it or is it just, you know, you know, swept under the carpet, nothing to see here. Jim, the other thing too, to think about is how, you know, how you said, like how long we've been following baseball and and the, the socks in general. Right. Um, there's a lot of things that they do in this game now that guys that have watched it forever go. When the hell did they implement this? You know, why are they changing this? Yeah. So maybe, maybe, you know, some of the, the new age baseball analytical side, um, maybe they found some kind of, you know, made it another algorithm or they find tendencies where you don't necessarily have to line up your number one with the other team's number one. Maybe that's part of this thing. Uh, and that's a guess. I don't know. Um, but there's a lot of things in this game where it, it's so different than what it was even 20 years ago, never mind 30. Um, so maybe there's something to their line of thinking that they go that route now where they don't necessarily feel it's it's important to line up the ones with the other ones. Um, so they figure, well, actually, they probably have some number or some stat that shows them that you never really had to do it that way you know yeah well you know they always like to be the smartest guy in the room so i mean you know if you look at the mets they're probably going to start either verlander or scherzer they're not going to start Senga, right they're going to start the you know the more proven track record but it remains to be seen i wanted to uh, switch gears to the next topic i wanted to bring up was just was justin turner yeah so so you know there's um some some stuff going along that he'll be back in, I think, in the game on Monday, if that's right. I heard that, too. And that's crazy considering what the hell the guy is going through. Um, I mean, he he gained a lot of fans. You know how that mentality plays around here. Yeah. You know, uh, a tough dude. And I think the whole point of bringing him on was his whole was, uh, you know, his whole his mindset and his makeup and all that. So. 
I think he's proven in that way to be a very valuable guy. Like the team will rally around the guy because of some coming back from something like that, you know? Um, so yeah, that fact I heard he's going to be in game and yeah, coming up, uh, very surprised, but I mean, again, he's another one. They need him to be the max he can be too. So I don't know how you take a ball off the face like that and just hop back in the box and be like, yeah, let's go. Like, and not flinch. Like, I, I it freaks out. Like, who's, uh, who's it? Um, it's the same thing when a line drive comes back at the mound and drills you in the face. You yep. know, it was, uh, who's the kid on, I think it was Seattle. I mean, there was the Bryce Flory thing here, but I think it was the Toby Saunders or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, and he got, and, you know, some of those guys never, you just like, like PTSD type, you know? So um, for him to come back and be ready to go and, you know, have that not in the back of your head all the time, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. So, um, like I said, they're going to need him. But I, 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 I mean, the, everything that you hear about the guy is he's a very likable person. Like he's a likable dude. Um, and he's very good for what the, for the clubhouse. He's very good for, he's a teammate, he's a good teammate. Um, so I think, I hope bringing him aboard um, and he can perform at what they say he can, along with all those other intangibles could be very important for this team. They're going to need that. Yeah. You know, I mean, as far as, as far as going back, as far as I can in, in baseball history with the Red Sox, I've always enjoyed the type of player that was kind of like a guy that would get dirty. You know, he put a team on his back. He, he led by example, um, you know, and he was kind of a dirt dog, you know, yeah. and, you know, you look back in recent history with guys like, you know, Trot Nixon and, you know, Droya and, um, you know, even Johnny Gomes, Mike Napoli, you know, a lot of those guys that were like, maybe they weren't the superstars of the world, but you know what? They were dependable. Um, you know, they were, uh, they gave it their all, even though they may not be upper echelon crybabies, like some of the guys that uh, know that they're the top of the game right. and, and they act like crybabies, but these guys don't. And I think Turner falls into that, that category. Like, if we saw him on the 2013 Red Sox, he would have fit in. Oh, I fit in right in. Yeah, definitely. It, you know, and uh, even, even Schwarber, you know, that, that kind of that kind of guy would have fit in very, very well here versus some of the other guys that we've seen over the course of years. So, you know, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, no matter how you look at it, him coming back so quickly. And, and I did read he got hit in the face twice before this. What there was one episode with the Dodgers, and I think there was either a rehab start or a minor league start or something like that. Um, I'd have to go back and find it, but I did read there's a couple other instances where that happened to him. So, not that it's something you want to have a good track record with, but I guess you know it, it kind of goes to his character by being able to put it out, you know, out of sight, out of mind. I guess I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like old hat for him. <laughs> yeah, the, the wrong like way, right? Thing. You know, uh, it's a it's a scary thing to see it happen. Never mind, imagine being oh man. Uh but yeah, if it's happened multiple times, and he's managed to stay in baseball a very long time. He's thirty seven or thirty eight years old, I think. Um, 
so to have those type type of things happen to you and you know come back from that kind of injury is pretty impressive and to do it one time never mind if it's been multiple times so yeah i mean he he's come as advertised i guess and more and then more you know as far as what he is and his makeup and stuff like that so i'm root for the guy you know i think he, he should be he's a he's a he's a um enjoyable player you know you know there's so many that aren't you know mm-hmm. he's just like a the whole regular guy mentality like you mentioned the dirt dog thing which people around here eat up you know um so it's nice to see that and you hope that you know he he can he can play as well as they say he's gonna and i think that that's very good for them and very good for him so to kind of transition talking about turner and the lineup um what's your opinion of what we're going to see for, you know, a lineup this year, at least with the first five guys, I guess is really kind of like, you know, more important than probably, you know, how we rearranged the deck chairs for the last four. But I mean, as far as the first, maybe four or five in that lineup, um, obviously Turner's a part of that. Where, what do you see? How do you see that playing out? Well, I don't know, Jim, because every day you read something different. Yeah. You know, something, and then you hear like, oh, Yoshida doesn't want to bat here. And then, but, and then Cassis might be at leadoff, but then Cassis is like, oh, no. And then they're like, oh, Turner's going to protect Devis, but they're not just Devis going to bat third or second. So I honestly don't know. And I think that that is another thing about this team going in where people are like, what do we have? What are they going to do? And that's why the, uh, the projections on what they're going to do are so that there's a huge window. You know, some people like myself and you are on the lower end of that window. And then some people that are super optimistic about them um, and, you know, thinking 90 wins. And it's just like it all depends how these guys where they line up. Is it going to be a set lineup? Again, another thing that they've changed since we were younger, where everyone knew where they were every day. And now they bounced all around and they build this against lefties and then the righties bat second and this is batting sixth. And so. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be the regular. I think it's going to be the blend of, you know, all the names we hear, be it turn. You know, Devis is in there somewhere, you know, and then it's going to be Kiki Hernandez and Cassis and Yoshida. And who else? I mean, and then you get into the Duvall's and Verdugo's in, of the world. So I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I don't know. Who's going to bat behind Devas that is going to protect him for the guys that they currently have? I just don't see it. Why would they pitch to Devas? Well, yeah, you know, and that's a good point because, you know, when I, when I look at the lineup and, and again, Tom, when we were growing up, you know, and I'm not going to get into the defensive side or the pitching side right now, but we always like to have, and, and you can go back. There's the Bud Light. Uh, we, can, we always got to go back. So, you know, you typically had an It is Saturday I, afternoon, Jim. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so so look, you know, I I look back at, you know, baseball in the eighties, early nineties and stuff like that. And classically what you saw, and we didn't even follow a lot of these on base stats and stuff like that, but looking back and applying what we know now back then, you always seem to have like a good bat or speed guy leading off right yep. Vince Coleman right Ricky Henderson 
um, stuff like that, right? Then the number two guy always seemed to be a guy with a high on base percentage or someone that was a good bat handler would allow that leadoff hitter to be able to get a good jump, probably steal a base, get into a hit and run, Carney Lansford type, you know what yep. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then over the years, you know, that three, that three hole, now your more important hitter is your two hole. And so with Devers being arguably the best hitter on our team now, they want to throw him into that number two hole. My concern with that, and again, I don't know if there really is one or not, but if I had to develop a concern, if you will, him batting second and being left-handed really makes a difficult um, idea of how to set up your number one hitter, your number three hitter. Personally, I would have Devers bat third because what I would do is I would have Turner second knowing that he's going to give me a good quality at bat. Right, he's going to handle uh, the baseball well. He's going to work the count, and he's going to give whoever your leadoff hitter is maybe that opportunity to run um, and possibly work a walk and get on in front of Devers and having two on. So, and and what that also does is it allows your leadoff hitter to be left-handed because now you go left-handed leadoff hitter, Justin Turner batting right at number two, and Devers third left-handed. But if Devers is going to be the number two hitter, now if you have a lefty, you're going to have lefty-lefty. And we all know Cora really doesn't like that too much. He likes to go back and forth. So, you know, that's a concern for me. So now I think the only thing that makes sense in my mind is Turner would have to bat third because he would be the only protection that Devers would see. Yeah, and I just don't think that I – and again, I mean – people came at me when I said I got I just don't see him as being protection you know I just he's a good player for sure uh and that's a that's, that's a that's a big role that you know that's a big thing to protect Devis I mean I, I just don't see it I I, I mean it's probably the most rational choice well that's have, what, right that's that's what it is it's not and I just, it's, it's, know, it's, it's 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 a default it's yeah. a number three in that in that in that conversation because right, like right. you like you said earlier, if you had Adam Duvall as your number as your guy behind Devers, right? Mm-hmm. Devers Devers will never see a fastball. No. No. Right. And, 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 strike out two hundred times. Right, and 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 Devers would walk one hundred and fifty times. Right. So you know that's that's a concern too. So it'll be interesting. I I wish hopefully. Again, it's all based on hope that we get more development out of like a Tristan Cassis and 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 hopefully he becomes, you know, like a Devers type player. He's had a yeah. Good- you'd like to you'd like to see you know everyone is high on Cassis. You know me as well. Um, you know, but the, the the hope for him, the plan, I think, is now that you have Devers locked up as long as you do, that Cassis turns into you know, a 30, hundred guy, you know, and then you stick them in the, you know, three and four for the next, however many years, you know, and then, uh, I mean, you're onto something if, if that pans out. Um, but I mean, Cassis was brought up to possibly lead off this year. And I think it's because of his on base. Like he, he'll walk a ton, you know, and then, which is good. I love that. 
you know, on base is huge. Uh, Cause when you got other guys that are, you know, on base is like 260. <laughs> so, you know, floating around with their batting averages, you know, so low twos, it's, uh, you need those guys, you know, so, and that would make sense to what you said by having Devis third, you'd go left, you know, then turn or you go left, right, left. Um, so, yeah. But again, there's a lot of possibilities and we don't know, you know, there's, that's the thing about going into this year is that everything, it just seems like everything is up in the air, you know? Um, I mean, we've already covered the rotation, now the lineup, everything to me, it seems, you know, where the guys slot in in the rotation, where they slot in in the bullpen, it's like a lot, most times, more often than not, let me say, these things are decided already. You know, opening days in a couple weeks. So usually some of these things would be answered already. And it feels like none of them are right now, you know? So I guess we it's almost like a wait and see type thing, which isn't easy because it it leads to so many people having an opinion on what they're going to do. Um, and it's all over the map. It goes, you know, change the degrees, right? It goes like from the, you know, one end of the spectrum to the other, you know, like yeah, he might lead off, but he might bat ninth. You know, like no one knows yet. And and that's the toughest part is usually most teams have this stuff figured out, you know, or close to figured out some of the things anyway. And it seems like right now they got a lot of question marks on what's going to happen on, you know, on any part, on any uh, part of the diamond. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is if you get a guy like Cass is leading off and Devers batting second, you know, let's not forget, too, that, you know, if McGuire's catching, you know, chances are he's going to bat ninth. Yeah, so you go lefty, lefty, lefty. Right, you know, and, and it almost seems like there's no way around it. So, you know, there's that argument. But the other argument is if your player is good enough, it shouldn't matter if he's a lefty, if he's a lefty facing lefty pitching. Exactly. He should, he should be able to handle both. Yes, so, I agree. So a lot of that remains to be seen. Um, next topic I was going to talk about is, all right, you know, I don't put anything – into spring training stats outside of health. Yeah. Um, I don't know about yourself, but yep. you know, the Red Sox started off nine and oh, they're 10 and six now. I mean, obviously the WBC, you know, played a role into that, but it did for a lot of other teams. Um, I don't know if you looked at spring training stats at all, or have looked at, you know, how they've performed so far. What's your thoughts? What do you, what do you think? I mean, is it, should we even consider it? Should we not consider it? What are your thoughts on that? I've never really, um, I've never really dove into spring spring training stats ever, and the reason is, I mean, look, Bobby Dahlbeck does every spring. Mr. March. Right. Great. You know, like some guys pop, you know, but again, the uh, competition is different in spring training. You got guys that they're either just working out or, you know, seeing what they have you know, that type of thing. So it's tough to try to gauge on what you really get. You know, um, I, you want, you know, you, you want the guys to actually, you know, go in and, you know, hone your skills, I guess they could say, and hope that there isn't any injury. You know, I think that's the big thing. If you, if you come out of spring training with the same guys that you had going in healthy, then you, you're on the right track. Um, this, the world baseball classic, unfortunately for some was a, you know, like that Diaz injury, my God, 
um, it's, it's those types of things that can happen when you add that into regular spring training. Um, so I never really put any, a much stock, you know, I think that some guys, especially younger guys, um, you know, they show some, they flash a bit, you know, and they, they show that there's talent there. Um, but you always have to keep in mind on what they're playing against. Um, you know, some of these split squad games and stuff like that you used to see more of. And, you know, these they're playing kids, single A guys, you know, so it's very hard to try to um, base any kind of projection on what you saw for the spring. You know, I think that, you know, we're old, Jim, you're not allowed to say AI test anymore. Um, but basically, that's what spring training is for me. You know? It is it is for me, too. I think the only thing that, you know, I look at it and I say, OK, outside of people making sure that guys aren't hurt. The other thing that I'm looking at is, you know, anybody that's maybe in single or double A or even triple A for that matter. You know, this is a great opportunity for them to showcase their talent. Absolutely. Yeah. And so they're they should be. And I use that term, you know, very strictly should be trying to do everything they can to, you know, really show the team that they're the next best thing coming up or they deserve to be brought to the next level or whatnot. And then you've got the invitees, right? You know, they're hoping for a job. Yep. So they, they, they've got to do and, 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 you know, try to impress as much as they can. As far as your regulars, the guys that we know, quota regulars, I'm only worried about health with them. But as I was listening to Kurt Schilling's new podcast, I don't know if you've, you've, you've uh, listened to that at all. You know, and he said, listen, he said, spring training's more for the pitchers. You know, it's all about them. The hitters, they can get ready pretty quickly. It's not, not that big of an issue. He says it was more, he says, for me, it was more about, you know, working on things, uh, mechanics and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, and I agree with that. Yeah, um, me too. You know. Yeah. Getting the guys back in, you know, you get, you know, got to get back in form, you know. Um, you know, guys like Schilling, uh, I mean, he, he's a nut. Right. Like he was a those guys that have their strict, you know, what they need to do with their off seasons and this and that. Um, I don't know how young a lot of the younger guys, if they're so, you know, um, I don't even know the word like militant about it. Uh, they're just so regimented. Clemens was like that, too. You know, it's like they're, they're, they're creatures of habit. Um, I think hit is a different as well. Um, you know, they're still going to get back in shape. You don't get all fucking fat and lazy during the, during the, um, the winter, but yeah, Shelley makes a good point. Yeah. It's more for pitches for sure. Yeah. Get back and get back in form, get back up and stay on your routine. And maybe that's what plays into sales thing. Just, just that routine, you know? Uh, so that might, that might play in as well. Like you had mentioned a little while ago. Yeah, and you you touched a little bit on the WBC, obviously with you know with Edwin Diaz, and you know I watched that and I followed a little bit on Twitter and so so on and so forth. That's and you know my 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 yeah my initial gut reaction was it was an MCL or an ACL. I mean it wound up being his actual patella tendon. Which um, so what happens is your quad comes up over the patella, goes through, and then attaches in the bottom uh, to your tibia. 
And, um, you know, with that actually rupturing and coming right off, he's not going to have an ability to put any weight or walk on it. And it's going to be excruciating. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's done for the year. And, you know, of course, on Twitter, a lot of people were um, really criticizing that the WBC is something that shouldn't happen because of injuries like this. And, of course, there's a lot of other people that say, listen, it's a great thing because, you know, it's a heritage thing for a lot of countries outside the United States. The yep. players, You know, it's an honor for a lot of players to be able to play that. Um, and, of course, you know, it's easy for us to sway either way. The wind blows on that comment. But when you're an owner like Steve Cohen, mm-hmm. you know, what's going through his head? Yeah. No, I know. It's, um, the flu- that's just fluky shit happens, man. I mean, remember when Robert Edwards blew his ACL out? For the oh, yeah. Bats? Oh, yeah. Playing, like, volleyball. You know, like, those things happen. Some players have it signed into their contract that they can't do certain things. You know? I mean, you the, the money that these owners are shelling out to these guys. Like, Diaz signed a massive deal. Right? So, it's like... 100 million. And now he's gone. Gone. Yep. And, I, I mean, if I were an owner, I'd be like, you guys, seriously... Like what you know? What are we doing? You know, you you can't be having these guys with hundred plus million dollar contracts getting hurt, fucking celebrating a win. You know, like not Wiley's pitching, stuff like that. I mean, that is that's tough. That would be tough to take. Is like Cohen, the money he's shelling out over there, and now the guy isn't even gonna play this year. I'd be fucking pissed if I was him. Yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing about it, too, is, is that um, I don't know how, you know, I, I just because I don't, but I don't know how the insurance works out on stuff like that. I'm sure they'll be able to make some kind of claim, hopefully. I, I don't I don't know if they can, but hope to God for their sake they do. I would assume they must. I would assume they must. That kind of money. You 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 must. I think it, for guys like him, you know, Diaz, where he popped last year. You know, that was his thing. Like, he was the whole Timmy Trumpet and all that stuff. Like, the Mets fans ate that up. And that guy was fun to watch. And now, because of, you know, essentially exhibition games, he's not pitching this season. So, I think that that's going to be something that a lot of players, regardless of the heritage and the pride they have in their for their country, I think that stuff's going to start to seep in. You know? Um, and it, rightfully so. You know, I mean, these guys, this is their thing. They play baseball or, or you name it. Guys get hurt in an exhibition game in any sport. This is their living. This is their livelihood. And now you're going to be on the shelf for a year. And like you said, that's no joke of an injury, man. Like that is like, <laughs> that is about as real as real can get when you're talking about your knees. So that's not easy for a guy like him who's a power pitcher to actually come back and be anything close to what he was. That's going to be a hard road for him. And I think that a lot of players, you know, are going to base their feelings, um, like I said, regardless of the heritage and the pride, on their health. And is it worth it? And some will say, yeah, fuck it, I'll play. And then other ones are going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not so sure I want to do that uh either there's no wrong answer you know it's just I think that if you're doing it like you said especially you know the um 
you know, Puerto Rico and Dominican. I mean, those, those guys, they, they live baseball, you know, uh, far more than a lot of people do here. So, you know, when they're asked to represent their home country, you know, albeit Puerto Rico's not their own country, but you know what I'm saying? Um, right. you know, it's, it's, they want to, and I maybe more so players here might think about it more if they want to do it or not. I think that like you mentioned how it is a very prideful thing, um, to represent your home country. I think that those guys might do it no matter what, because the, uh, um, the honor is more, I feel internationally than it is, uh, in the U S. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and again, too, you know, you feel bad for the fans. I mean, look, we had, you know, Chris Sales injury and it affected us. And then, you know, the bike accident and all those kind of things. So, you know, it can happen at any time. You know, the one thing that, you know, you can kind of stop and look at is, is that he wasn't injured engaging in the game. He was injured in a celebration. Yeah. Uh, so was there a prior injury that just manifested right into that given second in other words would have happened if he never went and he was in spring training anyway i don't i don't know um but you know it wasn't like he was sliding into second base got taken out in a in a wbc game where it's like you know he should have never been there and so forth so you know there's an argument both ways but you know i mean i i'm not a big follower of the wbc i i really don't watch a lot of that i'll casually turn it on yeah. But you no, know, it's it's not you know my you know my biggest thing. So you know I I just you know you just don't want to see you know injuries from that standpoint. It's right. it, it could be career altering for him, and uh, yeah. he, he may never come back from that. He may never come back from that, and it's and it's sad because you know outside of you know Mitch you know wild thing you know from the the movie Major League Baseball Major League you know it's like you've never seen any of this in quite some time, you know, where someone comes out and it's like a celebration and yeah. and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, you know, we don't have enough of that and you can't have too much because then it's just going to be saturated. So when it does happen, it's a cool thing to have. And, you know, it's going to be a, an unfortunate thing for Mets fans this season. Oh, absolutely. I, I always loved the, the closer entrance, you know, um, Back when Rivera had Anta Sandman and Trevor Hoffman had Hell's Bells. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. You know, Papelbon being an absolute lunatic. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was shipping up to Boston with him. And it's just like, that's cool. Because those most of those guys, there's a, there's a personality that comes along with their job. You know, the, some of those guys are straight out of their mind. Papelbon. <laughs> yeah. And- <laughs> And you know what? You've got to be confident as a closer. Oh too. You've yeah. got to be confident. That's why it's too bad Hansel Robles stunk so bad yeah. because it was cool to have him coming out with the uh, Undertaker music. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. And a lot of things in baseball, you know, where that was that was something that was common. You know, you and and best and they played forever. You know, Rivera and Hoffman played for a very long time, uh, and Papelbon was a fucking nails when he was here so um yeah they some of them just ate that stuff up and bought into that you know and used that mentality and that's the songs that they had you know with them entering that was them that's 
that was what they felt they are, you know? So that was, that was cool. I wish there was more. And that thing last year with Diaz was really cool. Like everyone jumped on board with that. It was like a whole thing in, in uh, for the Mets fans, you know, they, they were, couldn't wait for him to come in because that whole thing. So that, that, that type of stuff is cool, you know? And unfortunately we don't see tons of that anymore. Um, I think it's because there's not that specialized roles for a lot of teams anymore. You know, guys mix and match and stuff. So that's something that I wish I wish we could see more. And unfortunately for Diaz and the Mets, you know, they're not going to have any Timmy Trumpet this season. You know, that's that's too bad. You feel last, for the guy. You know, you do feel yeah. for the guy. Um, last last topic I wanted to touch on um, was. You know, the pitch clock, um, you know, a lot of it's been made of it and so forth. We've seen it, obviously, in all these spring training games. There's, um, I think, more good than bad, you know, across the league and and with fans and with, you know, everybody involved and and, and those that are in the, um, you know, sport news and, you know, business and so forth. Um, I like it. I think it's great if you can eliminate some of the stuff that, you know, is a time wasting, you know, grabbing your crotch and fixing yeah. your hat and all that stuff. I think the one concern I have, and I don't know if it's going to, if it's going to play out or not. I just hope that games aren't decided by any kind of penalty. Um, like we saw in a couple of these spring training games where, yeah. you know, it, obviously a tie doesn't happen in, in, in the regular season, but you know, I just don't want to see, you know, a, a situation where there might be one out in the ninth, two runners on, a go-ahead run at the plate, and you know it's something stupid happens, and you know that team loses because they really weren't given the the fair share, if you will. Uh, right. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, uh, there's a couple things. I mean, overall, I didn't mind it. Um, listen, I mean, I wasn't one to be like, oh my god, make the game short. I mean, I'm gonna watch it anyway, you know. Like, but sometimes when it's four fucking hours long, it's like, Jesus, guys, can't we just end this thing? So to me, if you can put in a game and like you said, with nothing being affected drastically like that, um, but you can go from, you know, three and a half hours to two and a half hours, then more often than not, I'm going to be on the side of, yeah, do it for me in two and a half hours. Um, So overall, like I didn't mind it, but I'm with you. You don't want to see stupid things and people losing. But at the same time, I think we all know, because anytime they introduce something new, you know, they kind of work out the kinks. Like some of these guys at the beginning of spring, I didn't see the pitches necessary. Like, and this is just me, my thought. Like, I didn't see them having a hard, some a hard time like some of the hitters did. Like the kid in the Braves Sox game, like he couldn't believe it. You know, so I I expected to see some stuff like that, but I thought it was going to be more on the pitching side. And from what I saw, I, I didn't see a ton of that. Um, I think overall guys kind of hopped on board. I think Scherzer was throwing a piss fit again about something. If I remember something, cause he does no matter what, you know, it was like the, uh, spite attack stuff last year when he lost his mind and made a spectacle every time he was coming off, like taking his pants off and being super fucking sarcastic. Um, so I, I want to say that I heard that he might, he had an issue with something. Um, but no, they're going to find ways with all these new rules instituted. They're going to find that, you know, the in around it, you know, they're going to find a, a loophole, if you will. Um, so 
that's going to be, you know, the whole one-upmanship, I think, between the teams, what they catch on to tendency-wise um, and what they can get away with that doesn't, you know, it might skirt the rules, but it's not outside, I guess you could say. Uh, but overall, I, I don't I don't mind the pitch clock. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, and I, you know, some people hate it. Um, to each his own, I guess, in that. Um, the, uh, the shift thing was the other one, which we weren't sure how that we're going to handle that. Well, Sox were already, you know, <laughs> working on the way to get around that thing. They did that with Joey Gallo. Was that yeah. like a week ago or so? So this gonna they're going to do some things. You know, I think overall it's worked. Um, it to, that's how I feel. Um, I don't mind it. I, I really don't. But, yeah, I don't want to see games decided on something like that either. So I agree with you on that. You know, the the, the one thing, yeah, and you bring up the Joey, Joey Gallo thing. Yeah, you know, that's interesting, obviously, because, you know, being a pull hitter, move your left fielder over to, like, maybe short right or your center fielder over to short right and move your left fielder to center. Um, you know, what I, what I would like to see is maybe – some of that infield alignment, you know, maybe, maybe the, the, they open that up a little bit. Like, I mean, let's all say that you've got a do or die ninth inning, you know, where you bring your infield in because, you know, there's a runner on third. You got to try to, if there's a hit, you got to try to be able to get that ball and throw them out. Um, it might be nice to maybe see a situation where they might loosen up the strings a little bit for a do or die situation where the, you know, the, all the money's on the line. So that maybe those kind of situations, maybe something down the line, they'll allow, you know, not, not, not so much allow it, but, you know, overlook some of that. So maybe there could be a defensive alignment to try to preserve a game or something like that. Be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, but that's what they're going to be working on. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're going to figure something out. Anytime there's something new, they, they'll figure it out. Yeah. They will find an end in it, you know, and they'll follow the rule. But you'll see, you know, you'll they will. I mean, it's a it's a given. They gotta find out. People do that. They're like, oh, we can't do this anymore. Okay, how about we do it this way? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this someone they're working on that already. You know oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Especially with the analytical people. That you know what I mean? They're like, this is their thing. They're like, oh, how can we? Uh, let's, how can we get around this? <laughs> let's figure out how to get around this. Right before, uh, uh, before we wrap up, I just wanted yeah. to get your opinion on uh, the Pats offseason. Um, what you thought of this week and where you think it's gonna where it's where it's gonna go. Um, I'm not crazy about everything, but when am I? You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just my nature. I'm sorry. Um no, I, I, I mean, I, I, I really wanted them to keep Myers, and right. I, I, I wanted them to keep Myers and then add to that, just for the comfortability of Mac Jones, more yep. than anything else, right? Um, so letting him go and then signing Schuster, which I'm not, I don't mind, I don't mind Juju Smith Schuster at all, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think the concerns that most people have is, is he going to get here and figure it out? You know, how many guys have come in here that can't figure it out? You know, good good receivers that just can't. They just couldn't grasp it. Um, so that's that's one concern. But the, he's a talented kid, you know. And I'm surprised how young he. Is. I didn't realize he was that young. Um, but no, I mean, I guess I would have rather Myers, but 
I mean, they did, at least they kind of brought someone else in. I want to see more. They need more than that, you know? I like the Gasecki thing yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I like that move. Yes. I mean, but I I was curious, you know, was the Gasecki move, because um, he's here on a one-year deal, um, and Hunter Henry's a free agent at the end of the season. So is this like a prove-it type deal with Kaseki where if he does what they hope he does, what he can do, um, do you, is Hunter Henry, do you move on from him and then you fill that spot with Kaseki? That was just a thought. I, I like the player, though. I like him a lot. Um, other than that, I mean, they need they need a number one still. I just think... I mean, I like Kendrick Bourne. They, they, he got lost last year. I don't know if that was a Patricia situation. Um, but right now, you know, you got you know, Hunter Henry, Gasecki, Bourne, uh, Juju, um, Devontae Parker. You know, yep. so I, I, I think that I like the Gasecki. Uh, I didn't like, I heard yesterday they signed Cardona to the richest contract in the history of football for a long snapper. I found that odd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was just weird to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whatever. You know, I mean, he's good, I guess. He's good. <laughs> I guess so. You tell me. You say. All right. Uh, I'm, I, I plead ignorance on the long snapping, you know. Uh, but other than that, I, I just, I really feel they need a, they really need a number one. Um, I am enjoying the Lamar Jackson talk. So am I. Um, if they ever pulled something like that off, I would lose my, I can't believe they're even thinking if that, if they are thinking that they're going to shell out 50 fucking million dollars a year for him. Uh, the kid is phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. And in this team could use that. Uh, I just, I just don't see it. Uh, I, I would like it. Cause he, I mean, he is entertaining, you know, like that was like when Michael Vick came out and it was like, this kid is a freak show. Um, Oh yeah, and you know it's 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 like you know with the Red Sox, and I and I always say this on some of the spaces and things. It's all about putting asses in seats, right? Yeah, that kid I, will do that. You know, you get Jackson here and Beckham. Oh Christ, you're gonna put oh asses in seats. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is like that is. You're talking this this team hasn't had players like that, like since the end of Randy Moss, maybe. Yeah. Uh, these kids are, I mean, that's their thing. They flash like they are, like, they're exciting to watch. Um, you know, they may be insufferable off the field, <laughs> but they can play. Uh, and it's just a, a style of football that they've never done around here. You know, they've never had guys like that. They just don't. They've had awesome, solid guys here that, that win. But oh, yeah. They, they've never had guys like fucking Beckham. Well, Lamar Jackson, no, nothing close to that. No. And, and and I'm very I'm I'm okay with moving on from Mac Jones if you're going to get Jackson in in here because you know Mac Jones is okay. I just I I don't know. I think I think he's hyped up a lot. I I don't think he's got the right players around him to to bring out maybe more of a talent that he does have. But at the end of the day, you know uh, I'm not going to lose sleep over losing him. No, I I've I've been on the Mac Jones support train since the get-go. Um, I like the kid. 
but I think that they just totally fucked him last year. Yeah. Um, so it would be nice to see what he can do, you know, with a legitimate offensive coordinator, like he had his rookie season and he played very well. Um, so, I mean, I'd love, I'd love to see it. I just, I can't imagine they do it. I, I, I would be, I, that would blow me away if they landed Lon Jackson. I just can't imagine that they're going to shell out that kind of money. I just, they wouldn't pay Brady 25 million. They're going to give Lamar Jackson 50. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but. Hey, if they pull that off, I mean, I'm all for it. Make a splash like that. Wow. That would be something. Okay, Tom. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up today. I want to thank you very much for being um, on with us. And uh, I want to thank our listeners. Um, Please support us by going to uh, www.landsdownbound.substack.com. Um, we have a website uh, there that is a little bit under transition. In the future, it'll be landsdownbound.com. But for right now, um, it's landsdownbound.substack.com. And definitely sign up for a free account. Uh, there's no charge, no obligation, and it gets you some really good goodies. It gets you some articles. Um, our, our podcast, obviously, on there. Uh, when we have Twitter spaces and things like that, it'll be recorded and available for uh, download and instant listen. Also, too, um, if you sign up, um, we're going to be giving a, a free copy uh, next year. Um, we'll have a raffle, and it'll be for um, MLB The Show 24, which obviously we expect to come out. And as soon as that's announced, we'll go ahead and have a raffle for that. So definitely uh, become a free subscriber to our, um, our channel and our uh, website. And um, like I said, in the beginning of next year, right before baseball season, and once it's announced, um, we're going to go ahead and have a raffle, and you'll be uh, you'll have an opportunity to win it. So again, Tom, thanks very much. Um, again, my name is Jim, signing off, and everybody have a great day.